Welcome to Pat's Cast, the unofficial Regina Pat's podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. And this is our episode for December 20th, 2021, and our mid-season rundown. Matejchuk at center. He's over the Regina line, drops it to the right circle. Ferkus, Matejchuk, oh. massive save! Matthew Keeper, you've got to be kidding me! Face off in the O-zone and they win it. Left side, Dubinsky. In front, How shoots, he scores! Tanner And here come the Bears! Tanner Howe is the 2021 Teddy Bear Toss scorer for the Regina Pats! Okay, Chris, so the Pats have played 28 games thus far. We have 12 wins, 16 losses. Currently sitting at 11th in the Eastern Conference. Good for... Second to last place. Uh, is this kind of where where you're thinking we would be? Uh, I thought maybe it'd be a little better than that, above yeah. 500. I think I, I agree. Thinking. I think I agree. It's uh, the, the Pats. I mean, if you want to summarize this first half of the season, uh, what would it be? Streaky, inconsistent. Yeah, yeah, inconsistent was my word. Yeah, yeah, I Definitely. think so. We've had what some three, four-game win streaks, and then five, six. How long have our yeah. losing streaks have been? Yeah, exactly. Right? You know, just can't string along a bigger win streak, but, I mean, that comes with the territory. They're not, you know, they're not the best team, and it's going to be tough, right? Those middling teams kind of just got to just kind of plug away, and you got to get those wins where you can, and... Yeah. and uh, and you know, it yeah. felt like these last two games against Moose Jaw were just like a good kind of microcosm microcosm of what the season's been like. It was uh, a really hot part, you know, with that, that Moose Jaw game at home. They're up four goals to none. And then penalty troubles, undisciplined hockey, um, maybe not the best fundamentals started to kind of creep in. And then we saw letting teams back in, uh, missing opportunities, letting them take advantage of opportunities. Um, just about lost it, tried their best to lose it, where they snatch victory from the jaws of defeat or whatever it was. But uh, yeah. like they, they tried to lose that game pretty hard. <laughs> uh, and then in Tamusha, you know, another kind of representation of the season, a slow, slow start, uh, just weren't really in the game and couldn't couldn't dig out of the hole that that they found themselves in um yeah like similar to the week before like we didn't we didn't get on last week but uh you know you have a good game against medicine hat a team that you should beat yeah and then same thing a bad start in brandon and they tried to come back and just was too much to overcome and yeah yeah just just like you said up and down up and down and i kind of feel like that hole might be what this season ends up being like we're down 11th place 24 points uh out of a playoff spot right now we're in a bit of a hole is it something this team can dig out of i, I don't know i don't know like grant you know there's been some injuries um just haven't seemed to really have a lot of consistency necessarily with some of the lineup i think we've just maybe found a line for bedard that seems to be clicking um, but the, yeah, you get a few injuries, some suspensions in there, <laughs> you know, uh, just, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be an uphill battle, I think for this team for the rest of the season. 
Yeah, definitely. And then, yeah, you get Bedard clicking with Howe and uh, Vallis, and then he's off to World Juniors, right? <laughs> and then he makes that team. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a little surprise to some people, um, uh, but it looks like he deserved it. So, so I was surprised. Uh, if I didn't know how he played in camp and the games that, that they have, those mini games or exhibition games, um, I would be surprised. Like, if they didn't have those... Uh, I don't know if he necessarily would have made the team, but he certainly played his way onto that team, I think. Yeah, and I watched all of one period out of those two games against the U Sports players. Yeah. And he he and he had six points in two games and nobody else had more than two. I right. mean some players only played one game, but I mean still he put up six points. He had a goal on his first shift. So yeah. like if that isn't hey, look at me, look what I'm doing what is right like and they obviously they know his his skill level and the talent he has but i mean a guy like shane wright he didn't make it last year um but it looked like bedard was really ramping it up those last couple games before the camp you could see he was he was a little better right i mean not that he was bad before maybe he was just getting in the doldrums of you know the this up and down team inconsistent maybe you know maybe he's not I don't want to say he's not giving full effort, but you can't give your full no. effort every single game. It's, it's yeah. going to wear you out. But I know I maybe. I totally get what you're saying. Like we weren't seeing those him taking over the game. Yeah, and and in the last couple of weeks leading up to to him leaving, it felt like he was taking more of that role and really letting his skill uh, come out. And I don't know, you know, in the middle of the season or the middle of the start of the season, I guess like you know, the first couple games, first few weeks. Uh, yeah, things just weren't quite clicking for whatever reason. Um, so whatever he did, uh, maybe it was the motivation of making that team. That that was the difference in the last little while. I don't know, but I agree. It uh, Something changed over the last little bit, and uh, it's been a lot more fun to watch him play. Um, yeah, yeah, because it kind of reminded me, me more of his time in the hub, right? Where every yeah, shift yeah. you're like, okay, here comes something. Something can happen. Whereas we were kind of starting to feel not that. He was he was a good player, but he wasn't an impact player uh, for a little stretch there. But, uh, yeah, it changed a little bit. He obviously made that impact uh, during those U-Sports games and earned his way onto that team. And hopefully it's exciting when he comes back, too. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons is Tanner Howe. Like, uh, he's got, he's scored 15, he's got points in 15 straight games, right? Which like, is... that's that's unreal. And he's he's the youngest guy on the team, right? Yeah. So, he you know, he had one 16. point in his first 10 games, and now he's just gone off, like, yeah. 15 straight. So, I mean, that's one guy that's really surprised. And talking with Logan Nyhoff after last week's game. I can't remember which one it was. Um, but he said the guy was a steal in the fourth round. But when he came into the hub, we knew right away that he was he could play right away. They they knew it was he was going to be good. Yeah. Maybe not this good. And I mean, nobody could have predicted that. But um, no, like- and then John Paddock talks about that. We'll throw in, throw in an interview with him and get his thoughts on how and some of these young guys absolutely let's let's throw to that interview with john paddock i i like how he he summarizes a lot of the 
kind of the feelings that we've been feeling uh, over the last little while, and it fits really well into our our mid season review here with with the where the team is at and and some of these young guys. Uh, so we'll do that now. Here is John, the coach of the Pats. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's encouraging because you go back to you know uh, Howie's first goal, the play that Ballas made, you know, taking the puck to the net off the side there, like. Uh, sort of funny. I had a meeting with Boria a couple, three days ago, and we, we could see right away that he had the skill, but it was the, the skating and the, the work and just knowing what it takes to, to play at this level. I mean, it's a, he's he's playing in a hugely different level uh, of hockey compared to the midget team he was on in Denver. The midget team on, on Denver is not the Pat C's. He's not taking a step from the Pat C's level to the, the Pat's level. He's taking a bigger step than that. And it's a bit of a progression and stuff, but that, that play taking the puck net, like that's a big time play. Like I don't know what NHL scouts are here who close to Christmas, but that's a play that they are gonna come back and see that guy again. Uh, that's just one game and you're not always gonna get six, but uh, you know, the development, the progression of Howe and Ballas and Whitehead specifically, but all of them, you know, the younger guys have gotten better. Uh, you know, is what it's sort of what it's about and what we need and so forth. And they're the next wave of the hockey team along with Connor and some guys. So, um, I mean, Howie's been an unbelievable player for us. You know, for somebody who just turned 16 about 10 days ago, he's really impressive. I don't know. You know, when Howie came last year in the hub, like he just stepped in right away like he was 17 then and stuff. So, but to be scoring the amount of points he's scoring, I mean, that's that's really impressive. So I'm not sure how to answer that, you know. And Valley, like we, I said, we saw he had the talent. Uh, it was to get it out of him, get him used to this pace and this level. And, you know, I think the good part about it is, for the most, for the most part, Dave used to say, my, well, he said my first year. And he's right, like, when you... When those guys, those younger players, seventeen-year-olds mostly, not quite the sixteen-year-olds, but when they come back at Christmas time, they take even another step. And if those two and Braxton can take another step, then they're really starting to gain ground. And the other guys, Zane and that, they'll take a step too. If we had known he was going to be like this, we'd have taken him sooner. And uh, all the other teams could say that. I think the big thing was, I mean, there's still an element of size needed in the game there's more small players playing or smaller players they they're good players so man i've looked at the reports enough since the time just thinking how fortunate we are to have them but you know he was playing the point or playing the sidewall in the power play quarterback in the power play for phantom team uh and in the in the sask first in uh in february that year when i saw him play uh he was a really good offensive player but always at the end of the report like well you know he needs to grow some, or is he going to grow, or is he going to be big enough? And uh, when we saw him, Dale and Mullen and I talked to his parents and him a week before he came into the hub, probably, and he signed a couple of days later. We saw him in the parking lot of the business office, walked across, Dale didn't recognize him. And in a total of about 11 months, he'd gained like 35 pounds, 40 pounds, and growing like three or four inches. That was the only thing he was missing. If, you know, if he'd have been that size then, uh, at the draft time, he'd have went in the second round. You still, you have to balance all the things that you look at in forming a player. 
So we knew right then that he was going to be good. Good this early like this? No, that's can't. I mean, he's playing like a. So we were talking about Tanner Howe quite a bit, but uh, he referenced uh, some of the other guys. So uh, Vallis, of course, has uh, really come into the scene here lately. Um, kind of an unsung hero, I think, would be Whitehead too. Uh, a guy that when you watch the games, if you watch the game, it stands out. He doesn't necessarily get the the stats to back it up, but I've been I've been pleasantly surprised with his growth as well. Um, and you know, even our goalkeeper uh, Matthew Keeper, he's had a f- maybe some tough outings here in the last little while, um, getting pulled in a couple. But you know, we talked about the possibility of this uh, a young a young goaltender moving up from how many games did he play uh, last year and in his not very many yeah up to uh, really carrying the brunt of the load for the Pats. We were a little bit worried uh, maybe he'd just get a little tired or run out of gas here. Um, And we might be seeing a little bit of that. Um, So this break hopefully recharges him a little bit and comes back because he was really, he was the difference in some of the games earlier on this season. Yeah, and like say that Brandon where he got pulled uh, just last week, um, I mean, two of the three goals that, that he let in weren't weren't his fault. One was off a skate. One was a backdoor guy was wide open, stuff like that. And then they pulled him pretty quick. He had three goals on four shots, but that's that's not really not on him there. So maybe just give him a break and get Sim in some more some more action. Yeah, and uh, further the speaking with John, uh, it was a really good interview that you were able to get with him. He he did speak to more generalities which is kind of the theme of this episode too isn't so much of specifics to last week but just kind of the general feel of the the year thus far um so he references some and speaks to kind of where the team is at and and uh what they can do and where they're going from here uh so he's got some good comments in here so we'll play play a bit of a clip here it's a bit of an insider more than us just talking about the team uh, a bit of an insider view of the state of affairs at this point. So we'll we'll throw it to John Paddock here and, and listen into him. Well, I think we, we remained in the mix. I think every team's had a lot of injuries and stuff. I know Brandon was hit real hard. Every team has them. Um, I'm looking forward to we all our players back. Um, and the, the young guys have dealt, and they got to stay in the line, and they got to stay playing. they got to stay in key roles. But when you look at having Connor out, you look at having uh, String out. Um, Zach Smith had a slow smart start, excuse me, slow start, and then it was just his best game was when he got hurt. You're talking about three forwards that can play probably in just about anybody's top couple lines except Edmonton and Winnipeg. Well, Connor can play on any, anyone. So um, we just need to persevere, hang in the in the hunt here with like the seven other or eight other teams that are in our conference. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, he referenced those injuries and being able to take advantage of the situation when those players are back. Um, yeah, you know, he, he, he talked about Stringer too, and that's been kind of, I'll say a disappointing, uh, uh, yeah, like he was, he got suspended there for two games and then he come back and then, or he didn't come back from the suspension. He's been injured and it's been day to day. And thought it was, well, maybe it's still 
with that concussion problem, not concussion, but that headshot he took with the puck. Yeah. You know, maybe there's still lingering effects because it was just day-to-day, day-to-day, right? And, but then actually you look at it, it's lower body, and then John did mention it's kind of a groin leg issue. So so it's not a head issue, which is good. Um, so, But it's still lingering. It's just It's been day-to-day for, for a few weeks now, which yeah. is a little tough. I mean, and the other guys, like Johnson and Smith, they've been progressing as per the weekly report. So they're going to be good to come back here in January by the looks of it. Hopefully yeah. that... Obviously, they won't be full systems go right away, but at least get them back in the lineup. And then, then you get Svozil and Bedard back from juniors. You know that'll be in the new year as well. And then, and then, yeah. So hopefully, you can have a full team. And then, um, but mind you, then the trade deadline's there on the tenth or whatever day it is. And what do they do there? So it's kind of yeah. We talked about that last last episode. Um you're feeling and i i don't know has anything changed from that so we were talking evans as being possible trade bait uh of course he's a 20 year old so there's uh, unique circumstances around a trade like that but uh anyone else kind of creeped into your head that might might well be... you kind of look at that 19 year old group like there's quite a few guys there who who do you move on from now yeah because you can't bring them all back right so, I mean, you look at a guy like Carrier, he's kind of stepping up. He's got 11 goals, but yeah. But when you look at them, four of them are uh, empty netters. <laughs> so <laughs> That's I mean, true, yeah. But, I mean, seven goals there. Um, so then what else you got for 19s? Like, you got your Cole Dubinsky, Englot, Brook, Cadeau, Bateman, right? Yeah. And then Carrier. So you got, there's six guys there. You got to, you're going to lose three. Yeah. At the end of the year, no matter what. Do, so do you, do do you now, move on from one now so you can get something for them? If the like, offer is right, like, but at the same time, you're not going to get a huge haul. No. For any of these guys. But uh, I mean, like, okay, so one of these guys is going to step up next year and have a good year, right? Like, Dubinsky's probably your, your most talented player there. Yeah. yeah. And do you want a, a veteran defenseman? Um, so then you got to pick one other guy, right? Kind of thing. So yeah, it's, it's tough to say what they do. I mean, you probably have to move on. I think you're looking more at a a role player with these guys. And I think, I think Englot could fit a role on some teams, right? He's a, a big, tough guy, uh, really good for puck possession, battling on the boards, uh, parking in front of the net. Yeah. If someone's looking for someone like that, he could, he could, uh, pique their interest. Um, Cole Carrier, you know, he's got that speed that's been on display, and I think he's caught the attention. If someone someone thinks he could fit in to their team uh, with that and take yeah, advantage of that. Yeah, he plays a physical game too, not as much as Englop, but he's, yeah. he's a big guy and he plays physical. Um, and then Dubinsky, I mean, he's got some skill, and if you put him in the right situation, he might be... Like, imagine if you had, if you had two good lines... Like, like really skilled lines and then if you're looking for a third line that just to keep like how would you match up like you're just thinking about playing matchups and stuff and you have two high skilled lines and then you're looking for like a third line center or something like that you might be a guy there um to just keep hitting teams um and just wear them down and i don't know i don't know. i think there's there might be some spots for these guys uh if they're looking i don't i Frankly, I think we're kind of at that point. <laughs> if there's some good, good 
uh, offers that come along, but you'd be looking again. We're not looking for draft picks. We're no. looking for a 17 year old, maybe or an 18. 18. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Yeah. You want, you want some potential back, right? Cause the draft pick does nothing for next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's, it's do or die next year. Really? Right. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough decisions here. Lots of decisions coming up now, yeah. coming up now, and coming up in the off season as well. Yeah, well, the next few weeks will be will be interesting. Uh, see all that plays out. So, speaking of the draft, the draft for twenty one has come and come and gone. Um, kind of right in the middle of the season, it's hard to kind of change your focus from from normal season talk to to a middle like just a draft in the middle of the week <laughs> during the season but uh it came and went uh so Regina was going into this draft not having a first round pick after trading it away to Lethbridge for Zach Stringer now we were able to make a move and acquire the first round from Kamloops to get the 21st overall pick uh pick it up Jackson Vaughn out of uh out of Kelowna um, originally from Merritt, BC. And then in the second round, pick up his, his brother, Corbin Vaughn. Uh, so kind of our own version of the Zidane twins here. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Yeah, I haven't got a lot of opportunity to look into any reports or anything like that. That's something typically we get to do in the off season and, and spend some time speaking to some people that know these guys a lot better than we do. Um, any any scuttlebutt or anything you've heard about them not really just i listened to that interview with dale mcmullen thousands like they're both the first two picks there they're both pretty big guys they got some skill and stuff so but uh other than that now i don't have much on these guys at all and the, then there was the u.s draft too you know a couple guys right out of the states that who knows yeah um i don't know how i mean it's they're still young but i mean last the last year's U.S. draft, there's only two guys signed out of there. Calgary has one guy signed, and of course, uh, the Pats do with Mateo Michaels. Right. So, but they're still young, right? Yeah. Uh, so speaking of signing, uh, that would be, I don't know, I mean, you got John Paddock now coaching the team, GMing the team. When's he going to find time to start signing these guys? I don't know, maybe over the, the Christmas break. If possible, uh, it'd be nice to see, your, I guess, I don't know, maybe it's not fair to compare to other teams, but it seems like a lot of guys are getting signed here. Yeah, uh, some are playing already. Some, some are scored play- already. So. <laughs> some are playing. Uh, or the one thing I ha- I had in the back of my mind, or do you not sign these guys and maybe trade them, you know, totally bl- waste your future, and you trade these guys, these couple top picks, for something that can help you now, right? I mean, that's totally mortgaging oh, yeah. the future because obviously you can't trade them after you sign them until they're 17. So Yeah. You can but, trade them I mean, as draft picks? Yeah, you can still trade them if they're unsigned. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Uh, that's oh, that's just one thought I had. I mean, like that's really mortgaging your future. But That would that would cause a little eruption, I think, on, on the Twitterverse. <laughs> Start doing that. Hey, but that's an idea. Uh, that'd be interesting, but... Uh, I don't know if I could support that personally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just throwing it out there. <laughs> it could happen. Who knows? But uh, interesting. So, you know, 
likely what we'll do is is find someone to talk to about these guys and not just them but the other draft picks we usually can get some information about about a good majority of them and uh that might be a they might wait till the end of the season actually hey that's usually when yeah, we do that kind of stuff so uh no interesting uh so we'll see yeah we'll get some information on those guys and uh hopefully get some somebody signed here just I don't know. I like to. It just seems like that's that's progression. If you draft them, let's sign them instead of having it all up in the air. Because it's been a bit yeah. of a I don't want to say a struggle, but a few we've missed some signings here lately, which is too bad, right? Yeah, there's you know you look at the O four. Uh, they signed a few guys out of the O four age group, and the O five is you know they've signed some guys, but there's a lot of unsigned guys still on the list yeah. but i mean they're gonna have to clear some of those guys off the list to make room for the 06s so we'll see what happens mm-hmm. um but yeah. yeah so see what happens i guess we will see what happens okay well let's uh let's take a look around the league here so kind of interesting right like it's been a couple weeks here change things a fair bit maybe not so much with the standings a lot but you're seeing teams like winnipeg uh after just coming out of the gate red hot are actually five four and one in their last 10 so uh pretty interesting so that's really effectively five and five hey yeah and then same with you look at kamloops and everett on the other side they're both four four wins in the last 10 yeah um, Seattle's the hottest team in the league right now, seven, one, and two. They've yeah. jumped up to second in the West. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Kamloops has lost their starting goaltender, so that you know that that hurts them. For to how long? World Juniors. Oh, so. to World Juniors. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's too bad there was a good tilt between Winnipeg and and Edmonton, but after Edmonton lost, what four, three, yeah. or four? Well, they played players? before. Yeah. Oh, like on a losses. random Wednesday, though, which was yeah. a really good game. Uh, and then they had a rematch later on. But that was that Wednesday or whatever it was, was the last or Thursday. I don't know what it was. But, yeah, uh, last game with everybody. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so Edmonton I, won. I think, yeah, Edmonton, Edmonton won that one, and then Winnipeg won the rematch. Yeah, but yeah, Edmonton lost, you know, started goaltending and and their two best forwards and probably their best defensemen. So, yeah. yeah. So four players off to world juniors. Um, so it's still kind of that, you know, that we're going to talk about levels of teams. You have Winnipeg, Edmonton at the top. Um, Red, Red Deer is creeping up there. They are. They're, they're closing that gap. They're kind of that. Yeah. Like we said, they're quietly not bad. Um, I'd say quietly good. Okay. Quietly good. <laughs> <laughs> they're 29 one and one right yeah that's absolutely that's better than not bad fair enough fair enough because uh, you look at the next team down is brandon at 15 and 13. Gap. like that's a that's a significant gap there's 10 points there yeah yeah absolutely uh so you would you rank them in that same tier uh i don't think i'd rank them in that tier because they're they're only five points behind edmonton but once edmonton okay. gets their guys back yeah they might make up some ground here with them gone but in the new year, I think Edmonton will take off. Fair enough. So Winnipeg, Edmonton, Tier 1. Red Deer. It's tier 2. Tier 2. Fair enough. And then Brandon down is Tier 3. 
And there's I no tier four. <laughs> uh, medicine hat. Okay. okay. You're going to keep us in team three or tier three? Well, we're, we're only, I don't know. Really? Like, <sighs> Moose Jaw has, uh, what, seven more points, but they also have three more games played. Yeah. So even if we win two to three, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like we said, it's, uh, it's we're in a bit of a hole. Now, can the team regroup, dig themselves out of this, and uh, see? Because it's not, it's not totally out of the picture yet, right? And, and see, that's the big question. Like, okay, so if you do trade off some guys, like, do you trade off an Evans? Then, then how do you, your chances just go well, then they're gone. down? Yeah, right to make the playoffs. So it, it's a tough call, right? Because they 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 said they want to win, right? So. Are they just gonna keep Evans and just not give him away, or not not give him away, but not right. get him something back for him? I mean, I would if there's a reasonable offer, I'd get I'd send them on. Sorry, but yeah, you get <laughs> Swozil. He's you know he's he's not at Evans level, but no. he's getting there. You know, Our, he's putting up points. He's playing the power play, so he just slides into Evan's spot, like kind of in the in the lineup, right? He doesn't take as many penalties. So. There you go. But doesn't play nearly as much. Like you can, Evans is out there all the time, and yeah. it's just he logs a lot of minutes, and he does. Yeah, he still does take penalties. <laughs> Get some stupid ones too, man. Oh. Anyway, uh, yeah. So looking at that's the East, and then yeah, like you referenced the West. Everett's still at the top. Seattle's climbing back in here. Uh, actually surpassed Kamloops. Um, but we'll see after World Juniors is done, see how that all kind of plays out here and everyone gets settled back in. And after trade deadline, we'll have a good idea of what the season probably looks like going forward. Um, kind of, ha- you know, like good for Swift Current though. Hey, they're 26 points right now, uh, 11 and 15. After being, uh, you look of, at them. They're yeah, they're, they're a couple points ahead of us. They're yeah. they're doing all right. They signed a couple guys already out of this draft. So right. after being a dumpster fire, losing their coach early, like right, right, forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, Medicine Hat though. It's it's kind of surprising. They've they've always got a decent team, right? I didn't and, think they would be that bad. They're yeah, really struggling. I mean, and Cylinder losing Cylinder obviously hurt, but I don't think he could have pulled them out of that hole. No one player. But like we were saying, not having him and not having him available to sell off, right? Yeah, Sucks. even <laughs> really kind of hurts them because they had a world class asset there that they could have sold to at the trade deadline. Yeah, and probably got a pretty good, pretty good haul for him. And because uh, you know, if someone like so Red Deer just needs that extra little oomph, they might have been looking yeah. to do something right to compete with Edmonton and. And Winnipeg, but all that is out the window. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of good stories, I, Victoria they really struggled off the bat, and and they've cr- climbed out of the hole. They're six two and two in their last ten, and they've picked up nine wins on the season now. They were really struggling, so good to see them going. Spokane's down at the bottom at seven and sixteen. They've been struggling lately at three and seven. But, uh, yeah, haven't really watched. I flipped on the odd late game, but haven't yeah. watched a ton, ton out west yet. 
Well, let's hope everyone stays safe. Uh, I kind of don't want to talk about it, but it's hard not to. Elephant in the room. Yeah. Yeah. There's been quite a few shakeups in pro sports lately with, uh, with some COVID cases. And I don't know how many games have been lost thus far. And it's been quite abrupt, some of the, the shutdowns and stuff. So I think the queue just went no fans whatsoever. Did they really? I think so. And some of the Ontario are 50%, I believe. I think I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so kinda, yeah, I haven't, <laughs> didn't really look into it too far because I just don't want to know. <laughs> and, uh, it's, it is but. kind of the elephant in the room, but not much we can do about it here. Um, I guess we'll see. We will see what happens with that, but hoping for the best. Definitely. Well, let's wrap up this mid-season review. Um, it's kind of just, it is what it is. Uh, maybe not exactly where we wanted to be this season at this point, but not terribly surprising either if that makes sense uh, yeah especially when you add on all these injuries and stuff that doesn't help things that the team was you know middling to begin with and yeah just those you know injuries always happen but uh, you, you just got to battle through and, and come together here in the second half and yeah that's how second half starts what is it monday december 27th so an odd monday game against a depleted Edmonton might be an opportunity to <laughs> to beat them see who who ate too much turkey <laughs> yeah um but we do have a bit of surprise here so uh over the holidays if you don't want to be listening to your your drunk uncle or crazy aunt or something like that we have a special interview that we're going to be releasing with uh Dante DiCario we had a chance to speak to him a little while ago, and we wanted to make sure that that interview was uh, not time-specific. So we've been hanging on to it, and we're going to get that out over the holidays here. A little treat for you guys. And yeah, pop your earbud in there, and uh, just uh, if there's some conversations you want to ignore, it'll be a good one. Um, I really, really liked it. I think it's, it's a little different than maybe what you might uh, have heard him speak about. It was more... It's more into him and his history and get really getting into uh, the profession of play-by-play, which is something I've always found super interesting and wanted to, I've never had the opportunity to talk to anybody about it. So just excited and gracious and for that opportunity to speak to Dante and uh, get his, it was, it was super enlightening. I, I say super a lot right now, but it was, it was just enlightening and uh, really interesting and I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, so we're going to get that out over the holidays here so you have something to listen to when there's no junior hockey going on. Of course, there's there's always World Juniors kicking off, but uh, yeah, I think it'll be it'll be something if you're driving somewhere, your commute to, to Christmas dinner or something, uh, definitely keep an eye out for it because it was a really good interview. Yeah, it was definitely fun. He was he was uh, happy to talk with us and gave us lots of lots of information yeah we had lots of questions for him so it was it was really good yeah definitely i enjoyed it so we will get that out for you guys and uh enjoy your holidays enjoy the world juniors and we will be back in the second half of the season hopefully we'll see you at the rink yeah hopefully all right everyone take care and be safe good night bye pat's cast is a proud member of the saskatchewan podcast network If you're interested in other homegrown podcasts with a wide variety of topics, check out Sask 
podcastnetwork.com.